I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. Are you getting used to recording remotely with each other yet? I kind of like it. This is my comfort zone because I get to stay home but also (laughs) hang out with you. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a question to dive into today, but I wanted to ask you, and I also thought it would be interesting for everyone else to hear what we have to say, like, how are you doing? As of recording this, we are coming up to the end of the second or third week of lockdown. I can't remember now. I think it's three. Okay, so we're coming up to the end of the third. Well, it's Good Friday today, if that helps. You yeah, know, it's put it in people's calendars. So, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm good most of the time. Definitely having pockets of increased anxiety, and not really specific anxiety about anything mm. in particular. But I think just that heightened level of like nothing is quite the same. The structure of our days has been stripped away, and it all takes extra brain energy to keep showing up and keep kind of keep everything afloat I don't know how are you feeling in regards to that I um I feel really lucky actually because my day-to-day life hasn't actually changed that much like me and my husband work from home anyway we don't have any kids so it's not like we've like now got an extra person to take care of at home like we on so on a daily basis everything kind of feels normal until I want to leave the house and remember that I can't (laughs) (laughs) I think what I'm struggling with the most, and I don't know if this sounds like really weird or like even childlike, but it's like the sadness and the overwhelm of like, my brain can't actually comprehend what's happening. And every time I read something sad, like a a human story behind what's happening behind all the figures, like, you know, you read about someone who's lost someone like that, that's what's shaking me on a daily basis. So I'm really having to be mindful of my news consumption because that's my energetic state. Because I'm yeah. I'm like, my loved ones are currently fine, like, but like, it's more just like when I think about it on a world scale, my brain literally doesn't know what to do. And like, I don't know if you're like, I'm really mentally preparing for this to last a while, like the whole lockdown be at home, mm-hmm. because I'd rather imagine it will last for longer and be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Work-wise, I don't know if it's the same for you, my actual day, my actual work routine hasn't changed at all, because my clients are booked in, like I'm, def- I'm recording these with you, you know, I write like my actual nothing's changed in my work which is another area where I feel really lucky because I think we're kind of in the rarer camp there oh definitely and actually I it's been interesting for me because I started the lockdown with that like nothing's changed I work from home my husband's always at home all day okay all is going to be home more but that's just like school holidays nothing's changed and realized after like a week or two of that that I felt like I was running to keep up with my days Mm because something had changed like she's in the house there's an extra level of noise my husband's not able to work with my business anymore so I think giving myself the grace to be like I think I was in this place where I was almost like how dare you struggle your days look Mm, the same mm. it's so much worse for other people and then kind of giving myself the forgiveness and being like it's okay that this is hard like even just the brain management of not constantly checking Twitter to see if Boris Johnson has died is like Mm. a full-time job so it's okay like that it is harder and it is different whilst it also still might look from the outside very much the same yeah and I've been I don't know if I mentioned this in the previous episodes like I've been functioning intentionally on a lower capacity most of this year so far so I I did have an anxiety freak out a couple I'm actually off this week because me and my husband were due to go on a holiday with our friends so we kind of had this bit of I think I'm feeling both okay and not okay this week. <laughs> Feeling mm. okay because we're both off. So we were used to like running our businesses from home, whereas this week we've just been humans at home, which is delightful. Yeah. But I've also had this feeling out of nowhere this week, I started to panic that I was a big loser who was achieving nothing. Because <laughs> you, you go on Instagram and it's amazing. Like people are making the most out of this time and I'm literally on the sofa watching like old episodes of Grey's Anatomy and like eating whatever crap I can find in the kitchen. You mean you're not making sourdough bread four times a day, Jen, and growing your own vegetables? <laughs> I also have a husband who is like a very restless human. Like he has made bread most days this week. I'm like, he's, a ch- he's achieving for both of you. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like I so I had this and then I just it's really interesting because over and over again I have these conversations with my clients whenever they are like basically they come to a call looking for permission to give themselves the rest they need but they're yeah. ashamed to need yeah and it's a beautiful gift to give yourself and I think it's just something I I can't remember who I saw share this on Instagram but they said something that I've been thinking about a lot which is we've all got this universal situation it's quite rare actually for us all to be navigating the same universal yeah. crisis but our individual circumstances is defining I think our individual experience of it yeah so and it's like, still not equal it's still not even it's not no, the same not for everyone and the struggles that existed before corona here and the struggles that were happening like we're all navigating them too so it's like wait am I stressed and anxious because of this crisis or is it because of something that was already existing in my life it's I don't know it's a whole load of emotions at this time but I'm um I don't know about you I'm just trying to take it a day at a time show myself a lot of grace and just take care of myself and also I actually I don't I imagine lots of therapists would say this is terrible but something that really (laughs) helps my brain is thinking about how much I have to be grateful for and like how much easier I do have it because it gives me perspective because I I am prone to a pity party when I want to. Oh no, I think that's totally healthy. Like one of the things I'll often do is write a list of all the things I want that I already have and it just makes you feel so lucky and like grateful but not in like a gratitude journal kind of way those Mm. never really work for me but actually being really like clear on the facts like I want to have these kind of friendships I want to have this car I want to have this home and like oh look they're all here and it makes me feel really connected to just how lucky I am I have drafted my weekly letter for this weekend and kind of the takeaway I literally sometimes I I don't do this very often but I wrote it for me and then I thought okay I'll share this Ah. and basically the takeaway is like whatever we can give our days right now is enough like that's what I needed to hear that it's okay if showering and putting on like clean clothes or semi-clean clothes (laughs) and like just standing in the garden and like ringing my mum and like doing whatever needs to be done on the to-do list like that's okay if that's all I'm doing because our brains were not prepared for this and also we've all got our own stuff going on personally as well and so it's just right and the productive thing is not the bread or whatever it's getting to the end of the day and still feeling like a reasonably sane human like that is what is so tiring I think right now is just the brain management to to keep steady and keep all this kind of plate spinning that we need to just just feel like we're getting by every task that used to every task feels harder in business that's what I would say like opening up my inbox like and it's not it's not the people who I'm showing up for there it's more just the energy of like I'm just running on lower energy because we've all got these like fears and anxieties and like just the usual things that we would do like usually to unwind I'd be like oh let's go get lunch out at the weekend totally it's a tiny privileged like super privileged thing to do (laughs) but there's something about that that's like taking away whatever coping mechanisms we had so I think it's just okay everything's feeling more energetically demanding even going food shopping is like a a military expedition where you have to like gear up and wait outside so yeah everything and then the decision to whether to eat food at home or not when you're like the the cost here is that you know I'm gonna have to go make that trip again sooner it genuinely is taking more energy from us constantly and so I think yeah like that being patient and being kind to yourself and not getting sucked into the hustle mindset of like I've seen some things that on Twitter where people are like employers are going to ask you what you did during (laughs) the coronavirus and if it's not on your CV then you're going to miss out and it's like do not put that pressure on yourself if an employer asks you what you did during the coronavirus then walk out because what a horrible employer they're going to be we're all just doing our best and from from different levels of privilege and like different levels of like the toll that it's taking on us and I yeah every day is literally so me and my me and my best friends we all have this thing um where when we're together we say oh what's your number today and we have this thing where we say between zero and ten because we we talk very openly about our mental health and when we're struggling with things um and so that's how we usually catch up with each other in general and now that we're all isolated and just catching up not in person we're regularly just asking each other like what's your number what's your number (laughs) what's your number today then Jen so I right now feel well today was a pretty good day because I woke up because I'm high risk I'm not in the group the shielding group but because of my health conditions I am like in Mm -hmm. the higher risk group my parents who are key workers when they go and do their food shop they also get food for me and my husband so that we don't have to leave the house um so they're amazing they drop off our food once a week so I got to see my mom and dad from like a distance at the car so they literally they go stay in the house (laughs) 
<laughs> they take the food out, put it on the doorstep, and then they go back in the car. <laughs> so I got to see my parents, and then our neighbours were out on their house cleaning the next-door neighbour's car because it's an older lady and driving it round to keep her battery running. Aww. So we got to talk to our neighbours at a distance for a little bit. And then I just got to talk to you. So right now I honestly feel like a seven. But later on tonight when I stupidly watch the briefing... <laughs> Maybe I'll feel a fire. But then yesterday I was like a six because I had a headache. But my best friend, he texted me and he was like, Jen, I'm an eight today. He says, I've not been eight in ages. What's your number? Uh, I think I'm at seven. I think I'm at seven. It's really sunny. The sun is having such an impact on my mood. And the days when it's rainy or cloudy, I'm like right down to two, even if nothing else is any different. I'm also going to bake when we're done. I'm making like, I found this recipe for like a chocolate sheet cake with like fudge sauce and then like crushed mini eggs on the top. My husband's oh my so God. excited. So Sounds I've got something, I, I, as much as I do like sitting and like doing nothing with my brain and watching TV, I have found that like a day of that is nice. <laughs> two days of that three days of that can start to wreck some havoc on my mental health i can't so, do it even for a day yeah yeah well, you've got adhd so it's different for your brain <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm busy but i'm so lucky like we're surrounded by empty fields and woodland so we're able to just get out every day i've got my pilates room man i feel smug about that decision turning the spare room into a pilates room i think i might come out of this the fittest woman in england because <laughs> no one else can go to the gym i'm gonna be like i mean the bar is still very low i'm not gonna be very fit but i might be the most fit <laughs> Well, we have see, we live like alongside a canal and literally all day long we just see people riding their bikes and it's like people must, and I, again, I'm just there like eating my Doritos, just like, <laughs> I ain't coming out of this bit. <laughs> but yeah, so, so I guess, I actually don't know if that's a tool, helpful tool for people listening, but like, it's a good way to start the conversation of how you're doing like, I know it sounds weird to, like, put it on a scale. I like it. I'm going to ask it on Twitter after this thing and see how where everyone puts themselves. Yeah. I love it when I say to my friends, like, oh, I'm a four. And they're just like, yeah, I know what a four day feels like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, it's a nice way. Because some, all my best friends are boys as well. <laughs> well. Like, all like my oldest best friends. So it's so a good way to get them to talk about feelings. Yeah, so get them to talk about but my husband is too logical. He's going to edit this and roll his eyes. He literally will never give a number because he's like, what do you mean a number? I cannot quantify my emotions. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that is, uh, I don't know if it helps people. I guess I like also... You, will you try it out with all? Because I'm wondering how it helps yeah. a kid. So here's my worry, though. Do you ever, this is what my brain would do, wake up in the morning and go, mm, feel kind of four, and then spend the whole day going, well, I knew it was going to be a crap day because I felt like a four and it is a four. So that is something that I think, I think you'll relate to this. Like, I think anyone who's ever lived with depression, that was the world I lived in. Yes. You wake up, you feel mentally not okay and you write off the whole day yeah and you seek evidence for like proof that it's yes. a bad day and then i read something by alexandra franz and my favorite human on the internet and her mantra is today is not over yet uh, and i and then i created my own mantra to follow up from that which is like a bad morning doesn't have to become a bad day so something i really try and practice is not like not letting my feelings always be facts and especially in the morning because i, I imagine it's the same for you i wake up in pain nine times mm -hmm. out of ten because my like my chronic condition is literally like a part of my brain pushes into my spine so sleeping at night is never comfortable mm -mm. <laughs> and so I'm waking up and I'm creaky and I'm in pain so and I'm slow so I've I've learned not to take the morning seriously I try and I I find it more helpful to check in in the evening or even the afternoon because my mornings are not a good indicator of how the day could go and I've and I used to write my days off and then I missed out on my whole life. That's a good, a really good tip, actually. Yeah. And I guess like just knowing that it can still change, like how am I right now is not the question for like, how is this whole day? Like we're not made in the morning and that's defined. Like, I, have you ever woken up in a great mood <laughs> and then been so cocky that you're going to have a good day? Oh, and then, then, then by like two o'clock, like, this is the worst day <laughs> Well, I, feel, I just realized we've been talking about this for 15 minutes and this is not what people came for. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I would say that we're going to be recording every couple of weeks. We'll give you a little check-in just in case. It just helps you hear two other people who are literally figuring it out as we're in it. Because we are literally all in this together, figuring it out. And I hope everyone listening is doing okay. And I hope that you're at least like above a five or six is like a good day. And like below a five is when you're like that day sucked. When you're listening to this, come and tell us, like come and tweet me and tell me what number you are. I want to yeah, genuinely, I want to know. <laughs> It's also a better question than like, how are you? Because when someone asks, how are you? The only acceptable answer is, I'm fine. Yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. Because we're all on a spectrum. Okay. Shall I dive into today's question? Yes, let's hear it. 
And we've picked a like timeless question today because we just thought, you know what, we did two episodes kind of on coronavirus and we thought if everyone's still got to run a business and think of bigger picture questions. So we hope this is helpful kind of diving into something a bit different. And the plan is that we'll kind of mix it up. So we'll do some like very specific to what's happening right now and we'll do some that are more big picture as we go through the season. And definitely head to our website, lettersfromahopefulcreative.com if you have a question because the more immediate questions we get in the more we can kind of respond to what you're going through right now totally okay today's letter writer has asked to be kept anonymous and they have shared i've been wanting to create an ebook and an e-course for months now but i just can't seem to get motivated i don't think i have a community that would pay for my content and i'm worried people will pay and buy something from me only to regret it later i've been watching others on instagram market and sell their products and i wish i had that kind of self-esteem how do I get myself out of this hole? I chased numbers for so long and now I'm annoyed because I have followers, but not necessarily the kind who are interested in what I write about. Is it too soon to create products now? And should I focus on building community first? So I feel like that's a lot of words to say. I feel scared. Yep. And it's so interesting that we tend to think as business owners like that fear is a sign that something's wrong when really it's a sign that everything is going exactly as it's supposed to and your brain is functioning like a human brain is supposed to. Yeah, well, really, if we unpack this, it's a lot of assumptions and also a lot of contradictory assumptions. I don't think I have a community that would pay for my content is then followed with I'm worried people will buy it and then regret it. Yeah, a lot of stories that the brain is coming up with, like reasons why this is obviously a terrible idea. Yeah, and then I've been watching others on Instagram market and sell their products and I wish I had that kind of self-esteem. That's making an assumption that those people didn't also have to push through all of this kind of resistance that this letter writer is feeling. Yes. And that's not that the letter writer is listening, like not a criticism. We all no. make these assumptions all of the time. And what our brain does, it it kind of tells us these stories, but it tells us that they're facts. It doesn't let you recognize that they're just opinions. They're just kind of stories you've cooked up about what you've seen other people doing. Yeah. I also find, and like, this is also not a criticism because I've seen so many of my clients do this. And I think this has been a consequence of like seeing Instagram as a business model type mindset that's popped up Mm. is like the letter writer is kind of asking questions a bit in a vacuum. Does that make any sense? Like they're talking about my community, my products I want to create. There's actually a step above all of this that's going to give her some stability and that's her business and brand vision. Yeah. Like it's not just about these intricacies of what she's kind of asking is like, what's the right decision here? What is the one thing that I can do right? And what's the one thing I can do wrong? And those don't really exist in the ecosystem of a bigger business. And the answer, I'm in my head, I was like, if I was sat across from this, I'm sure as a wonderful human being, I would say to them, like, go back to your basics. What do you do? Who do you do it for? And how do you do it? So basically, like, you're, what do you do? So this person hasn't shared any personal details. So I literally can't, and my brain is not working today. <laughs> Maybe you teach people how to knit. Okay, my brain is now going with this. That's what you do. <laughs> who you do, who you do it for. Maybe you do that for, Sarah, help me out here, new mums who want to knit. <laughs> yeah, people who've never knitted before and feel underconfident. Yep. Yeah. And how do you do it? You do that through digital learning products because you said ebooks and e-courses. Now that sounds so simple to just break it down like that, but that is telling you what your business is. And you know, and there's more to drill into that, like really getting into who your people are, really getting into what your message is, really getting into what your approach is. You know, there's other, I'm sure we've got past episodes that can support you to go deeper into that. But the reason I'm bringing this up is you're not just asking yourself, what kind of community do I build? When do I build community? Who am I creating? When when should I do this ebook? What you're really asking yourself is, how do I build and run a business? That's what I'm picking up anyway. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, and that interesting part where she says that she feels like, I'm saying she, he, they, feel like they've chased followers and the people aren't interested in what they write, which of course is just another assumption, another story. Mm-hmm. But I feel like maybe then those questions will be a struggle for this letter writer. Maybe they might be like, this is what I do, this is what I want to do, but they'll feel like there's a disconnect in maybe what they're already offering of value, which is a really common thing. Like, especially if you're in that system of chasing the Instagram numbers, you can very easily just be creating content and not necessarily be offering anything that's linked to your business. But I still feel like the answers are going to be the same here, which is looking at how you can create value for the people who want it from you in your audience and kind of not worrying about everybody else. And that's true, whether it's your free content, whether it's the paid stuff you want to make, 
it's not really a question of like, have you got enough customers or have you got enough followers or are people going to want to buy it? It's more a question of like, can you create something that's going to have value in the world? And then the next step is to just do it, like to just test it out. And if you sell something, if you create something and it doesn't work, then at least you're not relying on fictional stories that you've cooked up in your head. You've got hard facts that you can then use as a basis to grow and to evolve your business. Exactly, because a business is... It's a baby at first, right? You're testing out a hypothesis that you believe that what you have to say and what you have to offer can serve a certain consumer base. Today's letter writer is kind of only asking themselves two of the questions from like the whole pie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like they, and because we want, we want the neat, tidy answer. But here's the thing I've learned. If you have a solid grasp of what you want your business to be, you have you have the comfort that that gives you so much confidence because you know who you are and why you do what you do it gives you a roadmap of your own to say well this is what I want to do next and it also gives you the clarity to stay the damn course because that is the biggest problem here how many people have fantastic ideas so much value to offer who get who only put one foot in the arena because they say well I'm only going to put my other foot in if this is promised to work out for me yeah and then this foot when it doesn't work out the way they want it to they pull they pull them themselves out and that isn't a criticism for anyone listening who's done that because like to have the courage and to do this none of us are born with that like I've said this so many times I don't know if I've ever said this on this podcast but I've said it a million times in like my own previous podcast and like to clients it's like I think if I didn't read Brene Brown's Daring Greatly before I started my business I would have never started my business because I just didn't have the courage and there was something about that book that rewired my brain two percent to feel like I could do it so if you're listening right now and you're like well I've just got one foot in the arena and I don't want to put my next foot in until anyone can guarantee me success we are not criticizing you because that is called being a human being Mm -hmm. but I think if today's letter writer is waiting to know when the right time is and what the right outcome is you're never going to move forward there's got to be a level of enough insight to know what steps you want to take and then enough courage to just see what the hell happens what do you think Totally. And and accepting failure, like building your failure tolerance level so that it doesn't feel so scary to launch something. Because if you launch something and nobody buys it, so what? Like what? Yeah. what's the cost there really? Like it's not huge. If you launch something and somebody doesn't like it and asks for their money back, so what? Like at least you know, at least you're trying, at least you're growing and all of the lessons and all of the insight and all of the other stuff you will be creating because you took that risk is worth the discomfort of any possible failure. Failure teaches us more than success. Like I think we all kind of do know that that's true really from our own life experience. And yet we're still so frightened of trying something and it not working out first time. And that is the thing that stops people more than anything else I see. Like people giving up too soon because they're scared of going through the discomfort of failure, but it's just discomfort. It can't destroy you. It can't hurt you. Yeah, well, I have this conversation so much with my clients, which is like, okay, discomfort is the only guarantee (laughs) of starting a business and running a business. Like, it's uncomfortable to put your ideas out there, your voice out there. It's uncomfortable to risk failure. It's it's really uncomfortable to say, hey, I think I've got something to offer here, so I'm going to put a price tag on it. Our our capacity for discomfort is the best like it's the it's the most important thing for us to stretch within ourselves because that's all this is going to ask of us and when clients say to me like Jen how can I handle this the thing I've learned and I'm really curious what your opinion is Sarah here is like okay there's the work of expanding our capacity for discomfort and to start to see discomfort as an adventure not kind of like a monster screaming at our face yeah, yeah. like rewiring in our brain but I also find what is that phrase which is like be steady and ordered in your life so you can be like manic and something in your work or like creative and wild in your work or something like that and I find for me if I want to be brave in my work I need some stability in me yeah. to be able to do does that make any sense definitely you need like strong foundations so that you're not going to crumble entirely when one thing yeah. goes wrong in your business and a lot of us don't have that and like I to be honest like I don't think I had that when I first went into business and it was a bit of a gamble because if it had gone horribly wrong it probably would have set me back an awful lot but investing that's why I always say like investing in coaching or therapy or whatever you need to kind of come to a place where you'll feel solid in your mind is always one of the best business investments you can make because it gives you that really core strength to then be able to tolerate the discomfort of 
failure and of risk and of things not going according to plan and of growth because even when it does go to plan it's uncomfortable it, you come up against hard things yeah and we all also have the capacity to create some stability in our life week and like it's different I think it comes down to like interpersonal relationships but that there's a privilege in that do you know what I mean like not yeah. everyone has a partner not everyone has parents not everyone has friends who show up for them so I think if you have I think we all need one safe place in the world to never feel like we're being judged and to never feel like we're um, like if you have that it's the greatest gift and mm-hmm. if you're listening and you have that person cherish them if you're listening and you don't feel like you have that person I'm sorry. And you can go out and hire that kind of person for yourself. You can go out and you can look for that kind of person, but also you get to be that person for yourself. And sometimes it's simple things. It's okay. Do you need to journal? Do you need to meditate? Do you need to go for a walk once a day? Do you need to create some form of spiritual practice? If that's, if that's your jam, are you, do you need to pray? Do you need to bake? Like you can build things into your day that gives you a sense of stability and also to know that your identity is not wrapped up in what you achieve in your business because when we put all of that into that then we're too afraid to fail whereas if we say this business is just an expression of me it's an adventure it's something I'm going to try out but I am whole whatever happens there that's a powerful place to run a business from I think we have this idea as well that like it will get easier and we'll get Mm -hmm. to a place where it stops being uncomfortable or we stop feeling dissatisfied in life and once we're there things will be easier and we're waiting for that to happen we're waiting for to feel like oh, the path is clear and our intuition tells us this is the right thing to do and it's time to go. And I have to tell you that never, ever happens. And I'm, I really do believe we will all be on our deathbed still feeling like a little bit dissatisfied and that there's more we want to do. And there's something freeing in knowing that because if we're always going to feel this way, we might as well get on with the adventure of trying stuff out and of doing new things and of seeing what works because we're not waiting for it to feel right does that make sense yeah I'm also something I was thinking when I first saw this letter in like a spreadsheet of where all the letters come into (laughs) was like how would this letter writer feel if they believed in themselves like what different questions would they be asking themselves what different stories would they be telling themselves how would they show up for themselves differently now that is a question that's easier said than done because I don't know about you Sarah but for me And for all my clients, confidence has only come from the doing. It's only come from stepping into the arena when you are scared to death. Yeah. (laughs) And building your confidence from like, every time I do anything, every time I have a coaching call, every time I write something, every time I create something, that tops up my confidence tank because I'm living in the intention instead of looking at the intention. You're creating the evidence for yourself that you can do things. Like it's always scariest the first few times. So the only way to get to that place I found is how do we instill in ourselves a sense of belief that I will survive whatever happens next. And And sometimes we have to take the pressure off. Here's the thing I see, right? When I have clients come to me and they go, Jem, I need to make this much money in this amount of time. I need my business to give me this, 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 and this, this, and this. So what plan should I do? Mm. I go, okay, that's nice. It's great to have a good (laughs) idea of what you want to achieve and what your goals are. But here's the thing. If we enter this arena, your arena, with all of these expectations, you are not going to be able to do what you need to do to see what's possible. Because you're only going to be saying, well, I want this, give it to me. And your business doesn't, I've said this a million times, your business doesn't give a crap about what you want. No. You have to build it strong enough so that then you can ask something of it. And so I'm curious for today's letter writer, how much are they saying, well, I need it to work out like this. I need to go this smoothly. I need to make this many sales. I need this many happy customers. I don't see how we move forward with all of those expectations. I think the most powerful, bravest mindset is, here's what I hope is, you've got to hold on to the hope of of what you hope is possible or else why the hell would we do all of this? But then also with the mindset of, let's see what's possible. I'm going to survive whatever happens. I'd rather fail. I'd rather try and fail than never try at all and never know what was possible. Like, this is an experiment. Let's see what happens. What do you think? Totally, completely agree. Like just signing up for doing it and for collecting the data. I find that really helpful to think of it as data instead of as like a personal failure or win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like this is just information. I've got an idea. It's a business idea. I'm going to test it out and I'm going to look at the data I get from testing it out and make a new business idea. And like, it isn't personal. It's never personal. And there's never a right or wrong decision. And, and 
we we can get so stuck in this. I get so many of my clients get really stuck in this. Like, should I do this or that? Should I change my business name or not? Should I rebrand? All of those mm-hmm. kind of questions. And we think that if we choose the wrong one, everything will unravel. And if we choose the right one, it, the path will become clear. And what I've learned is the real secret is choosing the one that you feel best about, like that makes the most sense in that moment. And then having your own back with that decision Mm -hmm. so that you make it the right decision so that you show up for it and make damn sure that it turns into the right decision and not indulging in that. Oh, well, maybe I should have waited. Maybe that was the wrong call. Maybe like now I know this and now I realize it wasn't the right decision. You just have to make your choice and then honor it in a way that that allows you to keep moving forwards yeah it's that moving forwards because we all get knockbacks we all get like you know sometimes an email from someone who's bought something that like yeah this isn't what I wanted and it stings or we get like a comment on a podcast and they say Jen you talk too fast <laughs> <laughs> and it stings <laughs> but I think I think I can speak for both of us here Tell me if I can't. <laughs> when I say the reason we do the work we do in the world is because we believe this one fundamental truth that everyone has something to offer. Yes. And that everyone is capable of making happen what they want to make happen. Like we can't, we don't believe, I, I always say to clients, listen, I can't tell you when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, if it's going to happen. But here's what I can tell you. You are worthy of it. You are capable of it. There is space for you. The rest is timing, it's luck, it's the universe working in its mysterious ways. So this is what I can promise to today's letter writer and anyone else listening who is relating to that question. You are just as capable, you are just as worthy, and you have just as much to offer as anyone else that you're looking at thinking, how the hell do they have the confidence to do that? Because maybe they were weeping on the inside when they hit launch on that product. Yeah. Maybe they like cried. Maybe they it 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 took like a coach or a friend or their partner to help them hit push. Or maybe someone does have a ton of confidence, and maybe that's because they were raised in a different environment to you, have had different life experiences to you. None of that takes away your inherent worthiness to take up space in the world and create opportunities for yourself in the direction of the kind of life you want to be living and the kind of work you want to be doing. And I think, you know, that might sound really cheesy, but I think we have to hold on to that truth because if we don't believe we're worthy of taking up the space, we're going to do anything we can do to not do any of it. Exactly. And we're going to take anything as a sign that it's it was the wrong choice for us. So we're going to take not making sales or someone spending money and then regretting it as evidence of that core belief that, we, that we're still clinging to, that we don't deserve it or we're not worthy of it. Yeah, sometimes when I my clients have kind of a very specific story of fear holding them back or kind of getting in the way, and they always want to know like Jen, how do I get rid of it? I'm like, well, you can't. This is your <laughs> this is your certain burden to bear. <laughs> we have to find how to work with it. We have to that whatever fears are within us is like our deepest darkest fears deep down. They're always going to be there. They'll never go away. It's how do I work with it? How do I be braver than it? How do I be bigger than it? And if we do that work, sometimes it can even go silent for a long time. Yeah. Because, and so I say, okay, what's the truth you need to come home to in the face of this fear? So for example, for today's letter writer, what if it's something like my business results are not a commentary on my worth as a human? Or like, I am capable of doing the work I want to do in the world. Or I can feel confident and proud of the work I put out into the world. Like, whatever this, what do you, I'm trying to think like for today's letter writer, are there alternative stories that she can't just flip her mind into because that's even you can even have a conversation with a coach where you flip your mindset in the conversation but you then still have to do the work to live in that flipped mindset yes so like I I was taught this as like bridging thoughts so maybe like the thought you want to get to is my work has value and worth despite like regardless of how other people receive it but if that feels too far away, like maybe you just want to start with like, my work has value to me or like everyone has value or something that you can agree with. And then you gradually just keep nudging your thoughts into like the ones in between until you can get to that one that feels completely unattainable right now. Yeah. So for today's letter writer and anyone else listening, whatever your whatever capacity you can challenge your brain to be brave around like try writing down some reminders to yourself in this season and put them somewhere visible. I really recommend putting them like around your workspace if possible. Or even like like when my clients are really struggling, I say when when you sit down to do the work, revisit your list and like journal them out or meditate on it, like spend some time with them because 
our fear is going to show the hell up <laughs> anyway. And how can we support today's letter writer to just feel like they can risk all the things they've been afraid to risk so far? The other thing I was thinking, Sarah, which is like the piece, like I guess the big practical question of today's letter is like, should I create products or build a community first? And I'm curious on your thoughts of this. I thought I would, my opinion is like pretty simple here on this. And I see if I have a client who comes to me with that type of question, I think it depends on two things. It depends on what will energize you. So for example, there's some people who, if they, even if there's no one to buy it yet, even if they're starting literally from scratch, but they need to create the thing that's in their head because it's ready to go. And by having something up for sale will make them feel like it's, it's it's a part of them taking this seriously they're in the camp of go for it however if you're in the camp of well I think I have these ideas but I want to see like what kind of people I connect with I want some more time to mull over them like there's sometimes that camp where you're not ready and you want to live in the work more and then there's sometimes the other camp which I think is the camp of today's letter writer because she says she's been wanting to create an ebook and e-course for months now of when it doesn't matter if people buy it or not yet there's something within you that needs to create that damn thing And then the only other thing to consider is what makes the most sense for my business. So for example, say you've not got a huge community yet and your business instincts just tell you, well, there's only 10 people on my email list. There's not probably a lot of people to buy this thing I'm making. It sometimes makes more sense to launch an evergreen product rather than an open close product. Yes. So there's just like practical decisions there. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, completely agree. Like you've got your financial considerations of like, how am I going to make money? And then the rest of it kind of comes down to gut feeling. And it's it's tricky sometimes because we can mistake fear for gut feeling. So it does take a little bit of soul searching and real work of like, am I leaning into thinking I need to build community first purely as an excuse because I want to buy myself mm-hmm. some time? Or is this really something I can trust that I need to do more of this work first and kind of get to know my people and that will make me make stronger products in the end? And like an evergreen product, it could even be, she could even launch something that was open and closed, but the content would be evergreen so that she mm-hmm. could, like, that's the thing. None of the creation of these things, an e-course or an ebook, even if nobody buys it, it's not wasted. You've still made it. You've still created something that is worth value in the world. Whether it sells now or sells two years down the line is not really the way you can determine its value. Its value exists regardless. Also sitting with our ideas and crafting them into, you know, a solid finished product like an ebook or an e-course is a really powerful way to feel really rooted in what we do. And also it's like if you see yourself create something like that, the confidence that gives you of like, whoa, I've got a lot to say on this topic. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That feeling. I think that could he- go do some part in helping today's letter writer and building that confidence and belief in her work. It's much easier to see the value of your e-course or ebook when it exists. And you poured your time and your heart and soul into it. Like that doesn't mean that you might not still sometimes be like, oh my God, is this any good? Because that will probably come up too. But when it's all theoretical and you've got a head full of stories of all the ways it might not work, it's not enough to motivate you like a vague glimpse of what your ebook might end up being like. But if it's in front of you and you've poured all that time into it, then you can really genuinely say to people, look at this thing I've made. I think it would be good for you. Yeah. And it's it's just questioning all these assumptions, right? Well, can I really not get motivated or mostly am I afraid? Do I really not have a community for my content or do am I just making assumptions out from a place of fear? Like, will people say they hate what I've made or is that just fear? Like, we've got to challenge the assumptions because those assumptions aren't coming from a business instinct usually. They're coming from fear. And the only real way to challenge them is to just try it out, is to just take yeah. action and see what you get and then learn the lessons from whatever that brings for you. And and that's how you grow a business. And I, I always think like the only difference really between you, me, Jen, and the people who write these lessons is that we didn't give up. We've not given up yet. So we're tenacious and we're still going. And as long as the people writing the letters are still going, then they are going to get to where they want to be too. And you have to remember, it's never too soon and it's never too late. I know that sounds ridiculous. Like it's never too soon to be brave enough to put something out into the world. And it's also never too late when you feel like, oh, well, everyone's doing done it already. And like everyone's achieving mm. more than me. Well, so what? They're on their timelines. Maybe tenacity looks a little different for you. And it comes back to that belief that what you have to say matters. And the people who are taking up space in the world, they are not like more worthy than you they have just got to the place where they have 
really owned that they are allowed to take up that space in the world. And the only way to get there (laughs) is to take up space when it's uncomfortable and grow into the capacity to do that. I still, I still dread when these episodes go out. There's a tiny part of me that's like, oh, what did I say? What did I do? Same, same. In fact, I messaged you last week after the two Corona episodes went out and was like, have we been cancelled yet? (laughs) Because I was so sure that like, I'm always so sure that I've messed up. But you just get better at kind of bringing that fear along for the ride of being like, okay, you're here, let's go. Yeah. And also I think Sarah and I live in our work so wholeheartedly. Like this is the work we're doing with our people every week. We're writing about it. We're talking about it. Like, I really think confidence comes from living in the work so that, like, I could, this sounds crazy. And maybe, like, <laughs> I feel like I've got, like, manic energy while recording today's episode. Maybe it's just because I've been so cooped up in that. <laughs> but I can kind of close my eyes and hold, like, the the pieces of my business in my brain. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, it does make total sense to me. And you don't have that at the very beginning, necessarily. No. You mean amazing if you do, but at the beginning, what you have is like a tiny flicker of maybe this is something I want to do. And all those steps that today's letter writer has talked about, creating product, building a community, that is all parts of the pieces to helping you hold it more in your hands. You can't expect to feel at day one or year one how you'd feel at year five or year 10. Like you have to go on the journey to get there. And I, as much as the question is, should I create products or community first the real question is what the hell does today's letter writer want to do because I don't actually think the answer to that question is going to define her success here I think yeah, her there's no right the confidence wrong. I mean on a general scale for anyone who's seen the title of today's episode and is thinking well which should I do first what's your general opinion on this topic I mean generally like if you've got everything to play with and there's no urgency with anything I would love to see people building community first I kind of see it as like a bank balance where I feel best if I've put out so much value then I feel safe asking making an ask of that community in return does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. and I think that that you know that is a beautiful way to do business to be like I have given so much back that I now feel in a really strong position to make an ask of people and see if they want to buy from me but that's not the only way to do it and you can do it in any order you can create all of that value after you've made your first offer you can make it at the same time like there are a million ways to do business so that's my preference but it's not a right or wrong the thing that makes me like not sad the thing that I get like grumpy about in my bones <laughs> is when I see someone with something fantastic to offer but no one knows the help that they exist yet yeah like that makes me I want to that's when I want a magic wand I'm like the world find out about this amazing thing I think community is the life force of a business in many ways because it's the thing that fuels the business it's the thing that supports the business it's the thing that we all need some form of feedback loop to not just feel like we're creating in our own heads I think the big challenge of the early days is how much can you stay the course until you get to that place because it doesn't happen overnight. But I think if the only reason you're not following intuition or curiosity around a product idea is because you don't feel like you have the community yet to sell it to, that is a mistake of what that curiosity is trying to show you because you will learn so much in the doing process and future you who does have a community and is busier might be grateful that you created that thing. So yes, of course, it's very powerful to like build up your community and have people there. But I don't want people to use that as an excuse not to let themselves fully wholeheartedly live in the work they want to live in. Completely. And also community is like a very open ended question. Like when, when do you get, you never get to that point where you go, right, community, tick. Now I'm ready for next step. Like it's it's a constant thing. And a community can be two people, one of whom is your mum. Like it can be an ever evolving thing. So rather than kind of making it that really clear divide of like, when is enough community to launch a product? I think it's more helpful to be like, who is my community? Like, who are the people I want to serve? And then start creating with them in mind. And even if they don't know about you yet, they still exist. In fact, I did a webinar thing yesterday. And the question that was asked then was, how do I create community? And my answer was, I don't think we do create community. I think we just hold it. I think we just create mm-hmm. space for it and it already exists or it's already out there kind of looking for a place to exist. So rather than feeling like it's your job to, like she, our letter writer says she's chased followers and she doesn't think they're interested in what she writes. Well, that's not her responsibility. Like she needs to write the stuff she wants to write and put it out there so her community can find it. I don't think a business that 
makes itself smaller and panders to what they think other people want and need from them has the capacity to create the waves in the world that they want to make. And I don't mean that like you don't have to change the world, but I think like if you dilute yourself because you think that'll make you more successful, you are already cutting off so many options to yourself because, and I think, I think Sarah's so, so right there with what you said. Like, it's not about like, okay, well, can I get a hundred people this week and a hundred people next week? It's like, how much can you take up space and create a container for other people to come on in? And then you nurture those people because it's better to have 50 people who adore what you do than 10,000 people who can't even remember your name. Yes, completely. And you can't tell from looking at other people on Instagram and seeing their launches what's really going on behind the scenes in that respect. Well, they're on their journey, right? Absolutely. And their commu- what their community needs to look like could be completely different to what your community needs to look like. Like one of the biggest things I get, bits of feedback I get when people join my courses is that they came because they like like the way I talk about things and and the community that I have. So it's really important for me that we have this like space where we can all bring all of our humanity and all of the mess that comes along with it. But other people have these like super slick, like wham bam businesses where that would be the opposite of what they want. And that would Mm -hmm. completely like destroy their business model. So there is no point in looking at other people's confidence or launches or any of that stuff. If it's going to make you doubt your own, you need to be looking at your stuff and taking confidence from what you have. Yeah. And listen, if, if, you know, today's letter writer hasn't actually shared too much in depth. And I also think there's probably a lot of people listening relating. And if you feel like you can only build your self-esteem and confidence like one minuscule at a time that is okay because I think it's really hard when we look at people who had a different starting line to us and sometimes that looks like a different financial starting line sometimes that looks like a different like they had they had a contact who could get them a lot introduce them to a lot of people yeah. or and sometimes it's a self-esteem starting line yeah and that's okay if it's going to take you time like if that's the journey you're meant to go on where you build your confidence piece by piece that is the most beautiful journey you could go on in your life because there is nothing more powerful than a human being who knows their worth because whatever you are keeping within you right now is a gift you're not giving to the world and I believe that like I think everyone's story is meant to be told everyone has a perspective everyone has you know, everyone has something to share. And if you've got the desire to do it through the capacity of, say, a business and an online business, it's okay if this feels hard right now, if you need to build it little by little, if you need to look for whatever support you need to do that. The only thing I would say is momentum, like we have to live in the work. We can't stand on the sidelines. And sometimes living in the work looks like going really gentle on ourselves and taking it piece by piece. This is not me and Sarah saying, you need to hustle and do the work. (laughs) Do it now. It's... (laughs) I guess the question we ask ourselves is like, am I engaging with this or am I burying my head in the sand? And if you've heads in the sand, then you've got to love yourself enough to pull your head out of the sand and have that, you know, that come to Jesus moment, as Brene Brown would say, of like, do I want this enough to embrace the discomfort, to embrace the potential failure, to embrace the like the damn fear I'm going to feel when I do this. Like that's loving yourself to to say, yeah, I'm going to survive that and I'm going to go for it because it hurts more to be stuck in this hole. Yeah, it's like tough self-love. It's funny because that journey you just described is me completely. That is why I say Instagram changed my life because I started posting and I had this tiny little dream of like connecting and being able to take nice pictures on my phone. And that morphed gradually along the way as I kind of got the the confidence from seeing that other people could still connect with it. And so I was very dependent on my results in that respect in starting my business because it was only that other people were saying, like, your pictures are good, that I was able to believe that anyone would want to mm. see them. Like, my history before that had been... My dad was like the harshest critic of my photographs always and always told me they were terrible. I had a boyfriend at the time who I'd asked, I'd I'd had this idea that I was going to approach a local cafe because they sold like bits of local artist work on the wall and I wanted to sell some photo prints and he told me not to. And so like, imagine if I'd just stayed there. Imagine if my fear of showing up meant I didn't post any of my pictures on Instagram and I wouldn't have this life. And so I think we we think like that we're the only ones feeling this way, but I can tell you I felt it wholeheartedly. And there were times when someone would unfollow me and I'd be like straight back there to that. This is because I don't deserve to take up space and I'm rubbish and no one cares. But gradually, it's almost like 
giving yourself room to practice that belief by saying, Mm -hmm. I'm going to post today and someone's going to like it. And I believe that that might happen. Gives your brain, like it starts to tread a new path where you can actually think new thoughts. And that's how you get to that place where now I can launch like huge programs that don't already exist in the world in any way, shape or form and have the faith that somebody out there is going to want them and going to benefit from them. And it doesn't necessarily all have to happen at once. Yeah. And the only thing I would add is like, celebrate the doing, not just what the doing achieves. Because there is, there is a time, everyone goes through this where it's crickets. Because you just haven't had the time for people to know who the hell you are yet. How do you push through that? That is the hardest bit. And I think you have to celebrate showing up, taking up space anyway, living in your message, your voice, your ideas, like that is beautiful work to do. And it's really great to do that work before there's too many people paying attention as well. Yes. So there is a gift in that kind of follow time. But, you know, sometimes clients will say to me like, Jen, how can I measure my progress when it's, I'm at this early stage? And, you know, you could say, okay, well, let's measure how many Instagram followers you get and Pinterest, whatever. And I'm like, that's all fair and well good enough but what I'm what I really think makes a difference is well how much more do you feel like you know who you are yeah yeah and how much more confidence do you have and how much more how much more do you have that like tenacious belief that I'm going to make this work however long it takes and what have you learned and what skills have you got now that you didn't have a few months ago because you've like made that ebook and wrestled with the graphic design software or anything else exactly and you know we just we always want to be at the mountaintop but it's climbing the mountain that shapes us in the, I always say to people like, don't brush your business becoming like, we all want to be so far ahead, but it's the, it's the crying ourselves to sleep because someone made us a mean comment (laughs) and surviving that. And like, it's the learning the graphic design software and like making the thing. And that is what shapes us to be able to have capacity for what the next step will ask of us. It's, you know, it's all freaking scary, but I will tell you that, um, if you have work within you that you want to do in the world, you a little piece of you won't feel alive until you do it, I don't think. I'm sure I've used this quote many times on this podcast already, but Brooke Castillo says, discomfort is the currency for your dreams. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that that works with my brain so well. And I remind myself of that often. And I guess the final piece here that we maybe want to touch on is you need to have this hard why, the motivation to keep you going. And I know our letter writer says she can't seem to get motivated. But I think that in this case, it sounds more like she is motivated, but the fear is getting in the way. But sometimes I hear people talk about their why and they've kind of got caught up in making it a really virtuous thing. And it's like, I want to empower the women to like do this. And it's beautiful, but it's not really the thing that's going to drag them out of bed when they feel terrified and they don't want to show up that day. Like sometimes our why needs to just be, I want to be able to like pay my bills a year from now, or I want to feel like I deserve this, or I want to not feel this discomfort anymore of like believing I can't even get started. So I always encourage people to just really connect to like, what is the thing that's going to keep pushing them forward when it gets hard? And don't really judge what that is right now. Like just let it Mm. be what it is. Because momentum is momentum. Like if it gets you moving, I don't think you have to question it. Yeah, I think that is so true. Like whatever gets you out of bed and pushing through this real, because the first bit is the hardest bit in terms of, because you haven't had the capacity, you haven't had to do this before yet in this particular, you've done definitely done hard things in your life before. So hold on to that. But you've not done this particular hard thing yet in this way. And I would say as time goes on, like I'm not a big fan. And I don't know if you, I don't like the neat, why in a box because I think we're messier than that and businesses are messier than that but I understand the desire I think with messaging I understand I mean I'm a big believer in having clear messaging and a clear point of view but with a why if it helps anyone listening here I think it sometimes can be helpful to give ourselves permission to have an internal why and an external why so the external why is like this is why I do the work this work in the world for other people because if there's no layering or any of this of service we will struggle to really resonate and connect with people, yes. I think, because if, and, and also like, I don't know, there's a Muhammad Ali quote, which is like, service is the rent we pay for taking space, taking up space in the world. Yes, And I'm like, that feels like pure truth to me. And then the other piece is the internal why is like, yeah, I want to be able to like design my own days or I want to be able to like do work that I've dreamed of doing for years or I want to be financially sustained. Like what you can have both. You can have what you do for others and what you dream for yourself and they both live together. And they're both equally important. Yeah. 
and just I we can't tell you letter writer or anyone else listening who relates to today's letter writer that this is going to be easy but I will tell you it's worth it I have been scared (laughs) my entire life (laughs) but (laughs) my entire business journey I will say that my capacity for courage is triple what it was when I started and I can handle things that I didn't think I could ever handle, like a bad email or a complaint or someone saying they don't like something I made. Like I can nine times out of 10 handle that to some extent now, because once you've handled it before, you can handle it. But I would say that I feel closer to my truth from going on this journey and closer to whatever self-actualization is, you know, that's the top of the Maslow's hierarchy, right? We're not, we can't tell you it's going to be easy, but we can tell you it'll be worth it to show up for yourself in whatever way you want to. And yes, it's like, okay, do I need a community to create product? Okay. You need a community to sell product in some consistent way. But I think for today's letter writer, it's let's just take a bit more of a bird's eye view on this. Like, okay, what do I want to create? Who do I want to create it for? What's going to help me feel most energized right now? Is it going to be nurturing the people who are already paying attention? Is it going to be creating new bridges to bring new people in? And then, you know, what's going to help today's letter writer feel better in all of this? Because a lot of what we're reading in her letter is just how just how hard it's feeling for her right now the re- the rest if you know your if you know what you do who you do it for and how you do it the rest is very figureoutable because that is your roadmap for how to run and build a business right and what i think is so interesting that you've just said there is like she is already feeling she he they are already feeling all of the discomfort like upfront in advance of it happening, of it going wrong. Like she's already telling herself that nobody wants it and that they they do want it, but they don't like it and they want their money back and that they don't want what she's making. And if you're going to feel all that anyway, if you're going to believe all that anyway... Might as well do the work. Exactly, you might as well try it. Like you're not going to feel any worse for doing it. And actually you're probably going to feel better on the other side. So... I think we a lot of us do this. This is a real human brain thing. We're so scared of feeling a certain thing that we create the emotion ahead of time and live it. And so I just want to encourage this person to just do it. Just take action. Just sign up for everything that comes with it. And then on the other side, then stop and take stock and then take more action and just keep doing that until, well, until what? Until it stops being scary. That's not going to happen. Until... <laughs> Just keep doing that until the end. Like that that is running a business. That's what it is. And yeah. it's the stuff that comes up along the way that makes it worthwhile. It's not the result. And don't believe that there's a right or wrong answer. For one person who says, Well, I built my community first, you've got the next person who says, Well, I built my products first and that taught me what kind of community I wanted to build. And this is this is hard to do alone if self-esteem is getting in the way. So I don't know if there's like some resources today's I'm I will put we'll put some stuff in the show notes, any of our stuff that we think can help. Yeah. But um if you can't listen to yourself, find something or someone to help you listen to yourself. You know, you know, it'd be really easy for us as coaches to say, go hire a coach. There's a lot of privilege in being able to hire a coach. Definitely. But a lot of coaches give a lot of free content if that's what is available to you right now. So find a way to listen to yourself and say, well, what do I actually need to feel the momentum again and to get moving? Because there's no right or wrong answer. Obviously, we've both said it, building and nurturing a community is you know, it's the life force of a business. And I think if you're not focusing on that, you're doing yourself a big disservice. But I think saying, I can't do anything else until I have this many people, that's probably going to make you not enjoy what you're doing because you're kind of starving yourself from following your creative curiosities and making the damn thing you want to create. And there is something so fulfilling about making the things we want to create in the world. So that would be my encouragement. Yeah. I just watched Frozen 2 with Orla and there's a song in it, there's a whole thing in it about just doing the next right thing when you don't know what to do, just do the next right thing. And I think that that's quite a good motto for business. Like you don't have to know the next 50 steps, just what's the next thing you can do right now that moves you a little bit closer to where you want to be and just keep doing that. You've got it. And you you can do it because you, within every one of us is capacity for more than we think that we're capable of in this moment. I know that's true because I live that every day in my own life and I live that every day with my clients. I see it and I and there's something so beautiful and healing about doing the thing we thought we didn't think we were capable of. And if the, you know, the way I see it is like if I fail, at least I showed up for myself. At least I tried. At least I, you know, it's that um Theodore Roosevelt quote like if I fail, at least I failed daring greatly. 
gotta read that yep. damn book it's so good <laughs> we will definitely link that in the show notes too but good luck today's letter writer good luck and let us know how you get on i always love hearing follow-ups from when people do take action so keep us posted yeah and if you have any insight for today's letter writer you can share it on instagram with the hashtag dear hopeful creative if you have a letter you'd love us to dive into please come submit one over at letters from a hopeful creative.com and find us let us know your number for today let us know what you think we are always happy to hear from you yeah your number i forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) and where if you listen to this in real time on like easter monday i'm sorry you probably didn't get to see your loved ones over this bank holiday weekend um i hope you're all doing safe and well and that we um we all continue to give ourselves whatever we need to get through these very uncertain times yes sending you all the love you can join us at letters from a hopeful and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.